don't cry You can rely on me, honey Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Armchair Philosopher. I'm your host, Sean DeRegger. Thanks for joining me and uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to, uh, I don't know, talk about uh, religion, faith, loss of faith, uh, all the kind of stuff that goes on in our lives as we journey on this planet, hurling through outer space, uh, trying to figure out why we're all here. So we're all on on some sort of journey and uh the goal of this of this, this podcast this show is to just talk about it and um i want to thank you for checking out the first two episodes uh you know i started this podcast just kind of on a whim just because i was you know wanting to hear these kinds of conversations and the podcast i was finding you know was listening to you know it didn't seem to be supplying you know what i wanted to do so i figured you know what the heck i'll start up my own podcast and just uh you know, try to talk to someone uh, every week who has a different uh, view on things, and see where the podcast goes. And in, in the in the meantime, share my story, and you know, hopefully, as more listeners hop on and listen to the show, we can start having more of a conversation. Um, this week, we're talking Christian music, and as someone who is raised in a Christian home, I definitely have a uh, uh, Christian music is a is a huge part of my life. So something that. Uh, is definitely part of my DNA being raised in a Christian family and uh you know secular music wasn't wasn't the biggest hit in our house so um so I was uh not forced you know I was suggest it was suggested that I listen to Christian music and I did find a lot of Christian music that I liked uh I spent uh, preparing for the show a lot of time listening to stuff I used to listen to and <laughs> it was pretty tough to go back and hear because uh you know my uh, it, it, it was rough, um, but you know what is fun to revisit, and I'm, I'm planning on hopefully it'll work out. But doing kind of a companion show uh, within the next few days with me and a few buddies from back in the day, um, all talking about our kind of Christian music that we've liked, and hopefully play. You know, I think we're gonna try to pick like three or four songs each and play those for everyone, and you know, it should be fun. We'll talk about it, reminisce, and uh, definitely if you have. A story about Christian music. I know that I, I put the call out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you have a call, if you have a an interesting story with Christian music, uh, positive or negative, um, I would like to hear about it and read it. Read your uh, your email on the show and share and hopefully share a couple songs uh, of you guys as well. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, my wife is actually going to be having a baby this month, so uh, I'm not sure how steadily I'll be able to keep up with the show this month and next couple in the next month or so. But I'm going to keep these coming as often as I can. And I know there's a lot that I have planned as far as people I want to talk to. So um, so hopefully this week we get another kind of, you know, a 2.5 or a 3.5, right? Uh, so I'll, I guess that's how I'll do the, these, the bonus episodes um, with some actual just, uh, you know, an hour of just Christian music. <laughs> and me and a couple of friends reminiscing on it. So we'll see how that goes. But um this week I'm talking to a friend of mine uh, named Joey Avalos. He plays in a band called Stars Go Dim. Um, he was played in a few Christian bands. Uh, back in the day I was on tour with him when he was in a band called Justified. So he's he's actually worked in the Christian music industry. He has a, a Christian booking agency, I think it's or no management. They manage bands. And um just going to talk to him about his experience with Christian music. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, no real agenda with it. We'll just kind of um, talk about it and, and I guess see what happens. So 
Um, let's see here. I do want to play. I wanted to play a Christian song. Um, kind of, sort of to to get things rolling here. But um, the band that I'm gonna gonna play uh, is a band called Kings X. And uh, back when I was trying to start up a little Christian band of my own, uh, I was actually joining up with a friend of mine named Brad and uh, his friend Jeff. And uh, they introduced me to this band uh, called Kings X, and they weren't necessarily uh, a Christian band, but they were they were kind of one of those bands like U2, where people they kind of uh, straddled the fence, I guess, where they were mainly a, a mainstream band, but they weren't you know they're kind of middle of the road. They never really they had a passionate following, but never really got huge. And but they were also uh, Christians. And the interesting story about Kings X is their um, their singer Doug Pinnock. Um, came out as as being gay, and that pretty much ruined their whole, you know, a lot of their 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 uh, their outlook as a Christian band. A lot of people shunned them. Christian radio shunned them. So it's a very interesting story um, about them. So I'm gonna play them. The song's called "Over My Head." We'll be back talking with Joey Avalos uh, about Christian music right after this.
it. I, I, I hear it, don't you hear it? Listen, it's all around me. It's everywhere. King's X with the song Over My Head. It's off their album, Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, uh, one of their earlier albums, and uh, worth checking out. Definitely a great album. Well, uh, my my special guest this week uh, is a good friend of mine. We go back a long ways. We were, uh, we were on the road together for a while, back in my, uh, my road dog days. I have Joey Avalos on the Skype call. Yes, the sir. Skype, the Thank line. <laughs> I never know what to say. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, we, uh, he was in a band called Justified while I was touring with Pillar. And uh, what were the other bands that were on that tour? It was Pillar. It was a, the Alien Youth Tour, I think, wasn't it? Uh, Skillet? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Skillet. And uh, I'm not sure who else <laughs> was it. I can't remember that tour. <laughs> I know yeah. us three, at least. Yeah, so that's, I, was, uh, I was basically a glorified roadie. And uh, a, lot, you know, a lot of fun to be on the road. Of yeah. course, I always secretly wished I could be up on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I remember those talks, man. You and your acoustic guitar, singing those sappy love songs. Uh, the only problem is I couldn't play guitar. That was my whole problem. Hey, man, it's all I good. Could, if only I could play, I can go up on stage and play in between songs, but I never know how to play. <laughs> Neither could we, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Joe and I, we talked quite a bit, and I was trying to figure out what to do uh, for this week's show, and... and uh, I was thinking, man, it'd be fun to talk about Christian music. So we kind of come from different uh, experiences with Christian music. And uh, Joey, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my little uh, brief experience with Christian music, yeah. and we'll just, we'll just launch in, into this. I mean, I really don't have like a, an outline, so we'll just kind of mm-hmm. launch into it and see where this goes. And, um, but, you know, I, I was, uh, of course, when I, when I uh, the, like I mentioned with the first show that I did, I was uh, in a household that was very, very strictly for, forbade forbade is that a word <laughs> uh, because secular music was forbidden so um so you know we had the option to listen to christian music and i i remember um i remember my parents let me listen to mike and the mechanics even though that was like the only like secular music i remember listening to when i was really young was mike and the mechanics you know nobody mm. knew no that's not, not not the right one i was thinking michael <laughs> w smith that was the second thing they let me do shoot oh what's the name of that song i can't remember anyway uh, Mike and the Mechanics. I had a little cassette of that, and uh, of course, I had the uh, the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. That was a, that was allow- allowable. 
Um, <laughs> That's awesome, man. But uh, you know, as, as I got older, I think they tried to rein things in more, and uh, you know, it, it's which you know you can't really fault your parents too much for that, you know, because um, they're just trying to protect my my young mm-hmm. ears, which is fine. I totally don't let my kids; they're they're really young, so I totally uh, I totally get where they're coming at. So mm-hmm. I, I had a, at a very young age. Uh, experiences with Christian music, you know, Michael W. Smith, like I randomly launched into trying to sing the wrong song. Uh, Michael W. Smith, of course, um, Amy Grant. Um, there's like a lot of kind of like praise and worship stuff that they had. It was very like hip, not hippie, but like acoustic. Like um, I remember a lot of the Christian vinyls. Everyone had really big hair and really ugly clothes <laughs> on the vinyl things. And uh, so, so that was my young experience with Christian music. And then, of course, growing up, uh, I wanted to listen to more like heavy metal stuff. I was into Bon Jovi and everything like that. And of course, the Christian alternative to like Bon Jovi and stuff with Petra was Petra. <laughs> so I listened to Petra, and um, there was a band called Tourniquet. They were a bit heavier. You know, it's just pretty. It was pretty funny because everything that I wanted to listen to in the secular realm, there was a copy of it in the right. Christian realm. You know, um, of course, I was into Metallica. And of course, I couldn't listen to Metallica at home, so I can. Li- but I could listen to a Tourniquet. But my parents even had a problem with some of the Christian bands because you know the, the covers were <laughs> were all like, you know, they were they were like, they're like demons and stuff on the covers. But of course, they were drawn as like an angel slaying a demon or stuff stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So so I guess I guess that's my brief experience with Christian music because it was very much an, an alternative to listen to a, a safe mm-hmm. thing to listen to because I loved music. But it was it was what I was allowed to listen to safely at home, and and I you know I really got into it. I I you know I thought that I was doing the right, felt like I was doing the right thing by by listening to the Christian stuff. But of course, when I was around my friends and everything like that, I would always like kind of hide the fact that I was listening to Christian music because I was I always felt like weird, like you know they would think that I was a weirdo for for listening to a, a Christian band, um, and then I uh, so and then I got an MXPX of course. Like everyone my age who would like liked punk rock and Green Day, we all started listening to MXPX. Mm-hmm. And um, I know so that's my brief like young experience with Christian music. So it was very much a huge part of my adolescence, going to those Christian concerts. And I went to, I went to Cornerstone in Bushnell. Is it Bushnell, Illinois? Yeah, I uh, believe so. I, I went there a few times, and that was awesome. Um, and you know, Christian concerts all through youth group and stuff like that. So, but uh, I know you have a different uh, background with Christian music. Because you weren't really raised in a, in, a, in a Christian family or anything like that, you were just what, what's your uh, what's your experience with Christian music? I guess yeah, be, I, I guess yeah. before you actually started working in it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is, like I I was raised in a Christian home. My mom oh, okay. would go to a, a church, and I'd go with her. I was more of a, a holiday Christian, okay, you know, uh, go on Easter and Christmas Eve kind of thing, and then some random Sunday schools and stuff that I remember, and I did some summer whatever you call them. Um, Sunday school kind of stuff. I see. I don't even know the terminology. That's how <laughs> green I am with the with the early church stuff, man. But really, my Christian music industry stuff came out when I was like seventeen, eighteen. I didn't even know there was such thing as Christian music besides like hymnals. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually some good friends that I started a band called Justified. They uh, they were Christian guys, and um, I guess I was a Christian guy. I didn't know what being a Christian really meant. So it was just like, okay, yeah, I, I believe in God or whatever. But my guys, my, my friends, they were making a lot of changes. Uh, the guys in Justified, the two brothers, uh, we were a three-piece rap rock band. Um, and this is around when I was like 17 years old in high school, and they were making some changes in life and going through some stuff 
personally, and um, I saw this positive impact they were doing in their lives, and it just intrigued me. You know, I was like, wow, you know, I really admired it. Um, and of course, they're musicians, and we all enjoyed writing and playing music together. And uh, they told me they were starting a band, you know, and it was going to be like a hard rock band or something like that. So, so yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea. So I, uh, I didn't know anything about Christian music. I just I wanted to be in a band with these guys, do something positive with our lives or whatever. But their dad at the time was, I think, kind of like your dad or your your family, kind of giving them like secular music is kind of you know, kind of bad. You know, the the message is is not good. Um, they bought them like DC Talk. That was the first band I think I've heard of. DC Talk, Jesus yeah. Freak, and then. And then POD and Project 86 and Blindside. <laughs> That's my introduction to Christian quote-unquote music, you know, so. Cool. Uh, yeah, for, for those of you listening to the show who aren't necessarily, you know, aren't Christian or, or even if it's new to you guys, it's like, I, I guess I'd briefly explain what Christian music is. And everyone's probably, I guess by now, it's, it's kind of hit the culture because of POD, I guess, maybe. Mm. Um, a lot hard, a lot, a lot, a lot more people know about it. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's a subculture of music. Um, it's, it's a Christian, I mean, it's, it's a full on, uh, splinter of the, of the music industry that markets the music directly to Christian teenagers, uh, Christian young people there, uh, uh, there's full on Christian record labels, Christian, uh, booking agents, uh, book shows through concerts, through churches. And, um, it's just this whole subculture of music that I don't know if it's leveling out now. I've kind of, as I've gotten older, distance myself from listening to anything in the Christian music arena. I kind of, if there's a band I like and I found out they're a Christian band, that's great, but I don't really follow it too much anymore. But, um, but for a while there, it seemed like in the nineties, like business was booming. Um, right. Like DC talk came out and their album, Jesus freak just, I mean, it, it blew up. I mean, it was being played on, on like quote unquote, you know, secular. And if you say, we, when, when we say secular, it's like, that means not Christian <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a Christian, that's a, a, a word used a lot in, in, in Christian, Christian discussion, but, um, but they blew, they're playing on the planet mainstream radio and they got huge. I mean, these guys were young and making tons of money all of a sudden. And, um, I think they were the, I think they were the first real the Christian band to really kind of, I guess blow up, you know, get huge. I'm not, you know, I don't really follow. Yeah, the history of Christianity, music, whatever. I don't, I really don't know. You know, your friend from last week probably knows more than we do, probably. since he seems like he studied the history of it. Yeah, yeah. I just know from experience, and they, and they, I just know they got huge, and everyone knew who they were, and you would, and you know, a Christian band made was starting to make it big because you would see them in Target. <laughs> <I remember laughs> yeah, you made it big. You're in Target. You now. know, yeah. uh, there was the the band Newsboys. Uh, oh wow, got, yeah. got pretty big for a while there, and um, so yeah, it's just it's just it's kind of a funny thing looking at it from the out, outside looking in, which you kind of have been through it. And, and kind of worked in it. And I, I saw a glimpse of the Christian music business by working with bands, and I was involved with a, um, kind of a, not a booking agency, but they were a management company that were managing pretty much Christian bands. So you kind of see the, the tail end, and, and, and being on tour with a Christian band, you kind of see like the pressure, I guess you can say, that some Christian you know, people in Christian bands are, are under. Did you see any kind of, when you guys were performing pr- you know, pressure from like, like a youth pastor putting on a show, did you any? Did you, and I know I did. I'll talk about it in a second. But did you? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, for, yeah, for sure, Sean. I mean, 
and back in you gotta understand it's still like it's weird that we started a band in 1999 so it's on the verge of 99 2000 we started really touring and we we're you know we we're in that rap rock scene you know taking the place where pod left when they went main more mainstream and got a, a major label um our band kind of played where they couldn't play anymore <laughs> the smaller <laughs> shows um so um we played a bunch of um uh, festivals where we've been told, you know, hey, you know, actually lies about us. Uh, we'd get done playing, thought it was great, hang out with the kids, we're all about the people, and uh, sign autographs, and just have a good conversation, and then we'd find, get some kind of story about us, you know, spitting on kids and cussing, and <laughs> just because we had, like, piercings and tattoos or something, it was like, it blew our minds, because, like, you'd have, you know, no offense, like, there'd be, like, a Rebecca St. James, you know, which she would do her show, come out signed for a limited amount of time and then she would go off you know backstage or where she had to go which is fine no you know disagreement on that but we were like where's the slack coming from we're out here we're, we're all trying to be these you know for the people and uh spread a message of hope and love and you know it doesn't matter where you're at you're gonna get some haters you know <laughs> yeah so my I mean, my experience i mean you we you kind of see this all the time and really i I want this discussion to be kind of lighthearted, so I'm not going to get too like pissy about anything because it's all really when you when you <laughs> when you look at it from the other side. And, you know, at the time, I remember kind of getting all upset about certain things, but mm-hmm. you know, um, seeing how the church is now and everything and how people are, it, it, it's kind of to be expected. But I I remember I mean at the time it was it kind of took me off guard because I I would wear I, I was you know I was in charge of helping set up the stage. I was, you know, stage manager, quote unquote, and I would help. I was basically, you know, glorified roadie, um, you know, getting the stage set up, making sure it's all good. We'd have helpers, and I would kind of show them where to go, where to put everything, and we'd get it all set up. And I, I remember one day I was, it was at, uh, I think it was like at, it was like at a Baptist church or something. I don't really remember the specifics, or I don't even remember where we were. I think we were in the south, but I was wearing a Cinderella T-shirt, and <laughs> like the youth pastor just could not get over the fact that somebody helping out with the band was wearing a, uh, <laughs> someone was wearing a, a, band, a t-shirt for a band like Cinderella because they were evil, you know. And I remember he even pulled the lead singer of, uh, of Pillar aside, I think, and, and, and was kind of complaining to him about it. And, um, you know, they didn't make me change my shirt or anything because they kind of they shrugged it off and like whatever. But it was just really funny that someone would make such a big deal about a t-shirt <laughs> that, that, that a road dog was wearing, you know. Oh my gosh! And, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just things like that you encounter while working in the Christian industry. Not necessarily from anyone in the industry, like they need the bands, but it was from it's it's based off of like expectation of of others in the churches that you're going to come in and and everyone's going to be this pure little angel um, and put on the show and and uh, it's just it's really funny how that perception that people have of of of, Christ, of Christian bands, you know. So. Yeah, it's it's almost um, you know quote unquote bad marketing. <laughs> um, like you know the, the funny thing you brought up in the earlier conversation, you know, um, is about what is Christian music and how can we define a Christian artist or Christian music? And I kind of look at those questions since this is the armchair philosopher. You know, right, let's right. do a little philosophy on this. Like, what does it actually mean? And uh, does it have a, a real meaning or has it evolved or adapted through time? And what does it mean now since leaving 10 years ago when we were on the road together? You know, right? So, you know, like, um, I don't know. You know, is it, you know, usually people say, well, let's break it down. Christian music. 
Well, it's usually, what do you need to be a Christian artist? Well, you probably have to be a Christian, I would assume, you know, <laughs> yeah. believe a uh, follower of Christ. So, and then the music you create is reflecting that faith or that belief, you know, so that would, in my mind, that's what it means. But does that mean that anymore? You know, um, is it really about the message or is it really about the people that are giving the message? Because as you see, it's an interesting phenomenon in, in even the radio, Christian radio, I've noticed through the years, like the Air Ones or whatever, they're picking up a lot of these quote unquote secular artists like the Lifehouse or um, the Fray or Daughtry or even back in the day when Creed was really popular. Right, you know? yeah. yeah. Even to, uh, there's the band 12 Stones that is specifically marketed. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you see that they adopt these bands and almost it's almost like um not saying that they're baiting their listeners, but if you're switching through channels and like you hear that, you're like, Oh, I know that band and then they'd mix it up with the D C talk and they still do that today and I start thinking about it as like, Well, do they know like what makes it Christian music then? Is it is are these do they know, do they have a heart to heart with these people and check that they're Christian? Is there a test? You know, that these people had to fill out before they got onto the airways of this Christian radio station. It always kind of, it, it never, in a sense, it bothered me back in the day, and now it doesn't really bother me because I think back, back in the day it would be frustrating because we were, you know, quote unquote, like a band that's trying to get out our music out there, but the radio wouldn't give us the time of day at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I think a lot of that just cause I mean, I used to work for a Christian, uh, retail company and a lot of that was driven by the distribution uh, mm-hmm. companies and, and those distribution companies are like, they work for like EMI and BMI and, and it doesn't matter. Like, like they're kind of slinging a product. So, right. so we would have the EMI rep or the Sony rep or cause all, it seems like all the Christian labels now are owned by bigger parent companies and, right. all, and they, and they're all owned by certain distribution companies. And there's only like two or three distribution companies that handle like all mainstream music and so they would have their little christian division and whatever was filtered into that christian division got sold to as christian so that's how you got 12 stones in there mm-hmm. uh life house in there um creed definitely got put in put in there and now remember specifically because we had someone in charge of kind of choosing the, the music and everything like that and they would um they i don't think they sold i don't know if they sold 12 stones or not but it's like that's how it all kind of gets filtered in, and, and especially stations like Air One, they get you know this, those same exact distribution companies are sending them you know discs. I don't know how they do it now. I, I mean, I come from the when I was involved in radio, we got CDs, <laughs> right. CDs. So I don't know if, if now if it probably comes to like more of a digital pipeline, but um, but yeah, it's all determined by the distribution company, and that company isn't at all a, a Christian distribution company. They're just slinging their product towards the Christian. You know the Christian uh, radio stations, music stores, retail stores, and uh, that—that's how it gets there. So nobody's well, really checking yeah. into the content. And then it's funny because once somebody hears something and hears something about the content, then they freak out and then they pull it. I remember, mm. I remember Fillmore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Fillmore never really made it huge. They kind of had a big Midwest falling. They they got on tour with Five Iron Frenzy for quite a while, mm-hmm. and um, they had a they they seemed to do really well. Um, listening to their first CD now, I kind of cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the most, I mean, I love the guys. I oh, love yeah. the guys. Ju- Justin and Kale Griman are awesome guys. Uh, but the yeah. first album, and I'm sure they would agree. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and Brett Shoneman, uh, drummer. Um, 
that first album was so uneven. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but I remember they wanted to do something a little more like musical, like better. Like they really wanted to hone their sound and they, uh, and I think they were a little bit jaded with the Christian industry too. So they, they decided to do a, an album cover with their shirts off and, and their hands were covering their nipples. And, uh, I remember that. And I remember that like caused a gigantic stir in the Christian music, in the Christian stores. And they put a sticker over the picture of the guys Classy. with their shirts off. So it's like that, that kind of stuff always has cracked me up about the Christian music industry. You know, that, you know, three guys with their shirts off um, just caused such a stink and uh, had to be censored. <laughs> right. You know? Well, I think I think you're right about the distribution and stuff, and I think it has slowly changed more to the point of the content, like a positive message. You know, yeah. and that's why I guess, you know, if this turned into debate, what you know, debating on, you know, what is Christian music? You know, is it really about the person? Is it about being a Christian, or is it more about the message? Say, a, just like say hypothetically, if so if a guy doesn't believe in God or whatever, writes a song that has a very Christian message, say like. A love song, or mm-hmm. it's talking about hope. You know, um, would that be considered Christian music? You know, if it gets played on there, and what if it got played on there? You know, right? Those well, are the kind of stuff I think about. Like, yeah. is it all an illusion? You know, is it all an illusion? Because it depends on the purpose of having a Christian music industry. What is their main purpose, and right. is it a unified purpose? Do each label have their own purposes? Which I think tend to agree that not all labels are created equal. There's some that are targeting only two Christians. Mm-hmm. There's some have an outreach kind of more point, so they'll take more of those bands that are vague or ambiguous when they come, when they write their music and their message and stuff, and they could be, quote-unquote, Christians in a band. You know, you love that. But um, it's interesting, man, to see the the psychology of like of how it all comes together and you know if it is just an illusion you know maybe we just create this thing is it a good thing is it is it is can you debate if it's real or is it something we just made up to uh target to christians when we think that we're really trying to get some outreach out there can we do it without being considered a christian industry i don't know you know, that's, I guess that's the question I want to ask you. Do you think it's good to be called a Christian industry or do you think it actually does more harm to their message? Well, well, I think it started out positively. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the Christian music industry and when it started, start, it really started gaining momentum back in the eighties with Striper. And, uh, as far as Christian rock, right. Christian targeted more towards young people. Right. And, and I don't know if, if Striper was on a Christian label. They seem like they go, they seem to go mainstream. Cause I remember having my cousins weren't necessarily out, considered you know huge it wasn't a huge christian family and they were into striper um but uh it kind of just started ramping up from there and i think really i think it all came with good intentions as far as getting a message out right i think people saw kind of a new avenue um music wasn't as like the culture was changing so there was kind of a you know more of a positive spin being put on rock and roll because for a while rock and roll wasn't considered christian at all if you go back to the 50s and 60s i mean exactly. like, you know like elvis and, and buddy holly and those guys like freaked people out and then the beatles came and the beatles like you know scared the heck out of parents you know so <laughs> um so the the culture was changing with music so finally they it was there was an op- opportunity for it to be used as a ministry tool so i don't you know i don't think it was ever started to become a gigantic business. I think that's kind of what happens once you start marketing things and uh, things start going well. It turns into that. 
I mean, look at uh, if you look at super churches, right? Like, uh, right. All these gigantic churches, they're that that really wasn't their intention. The pastor wanted to start a church, you know. So I, I don't I don't think anyone really back then really wanted to start anything to to make tons of money. Of course, now that there's just people looking to make a buck, and they're looking at it as just another target market. So, of course, they're going to market to mm-hmm. Christian target market. So, but I think from from bands, I think I think most of the bands really, if you're an artist, you really just want to get your get a message out. And mm-hmm. uh, some people want to use it as a ministry tool. Some people don't. But I think the perception is from uh, is kind of how the listener, how the fan, or whatever. Right puts onto the music and onto the artist and onto the the lyrics, and I think there I think there's kind of a two way street going there. Right, know? exactly. I always use this thing: if God is love, does it make Kenny G or Lionel Richie's music Christian? You know, um, right. you know, like a lot of that kind of stuff. That philosophy of like the message, you know, um, especially if you're talking about the message of Christ. What is what is his message? You know, and and in, when you write music like that. Is it that we put God in a box, is or is God really in this box? Why does it have to be only a certain thing? We used to call it back in the day called the Jesus quota, and I feel like that quota is is definitely like how many times can you say Jesus' name in a song? Right. And if you didn't have that, you wouldn't get played on the radio, right? Or un- it would be unlikely that you would, unless there was some freak, you know, episode you got on a TV show and they had to because I mean they want to jump on anything that's popular and, and has a label yeah. that supports their thought and, and mindset. So I look at that, you know, it's like um, I've seen that even dwindle. A lot of labels are more um, open. Well, Christian labels, you know, as as long as you thank God in the liner, no, liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's even that, man, we're in the digital format, man. Oh, Who's making yeah, CDs anymore? It seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is the liner notes, man? But you know, the the Jesus quote has always been interesting to me, and just seeing how music Christian industry is kind of evolved, the music stuff, and I think in a sense, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, man. I don't know if it, you know. I think I've heard in your other podcast you're talking about why is it just seems like the Christian industry is just there is a Christian music industry and not other religions or any thoughts. Right. But I would have to disagree because I've actually done some research, really? and you know there's there's Muslim record labels. Cat uh, Stevens started one called Mountain of Light. Oh wow! There's there's Hindu, uh, New Age. I mean even the Mormons have them. Even quote unquote if they think they're Christian, whatever that debate. Mm-hmm. I mean they have their own. Uh, um, record labels, they they do it. They just might not be on the forefront of because the Christian industry has been doing it longer, right. you know, or it has multiple labels that have you know the marketing and it's interesting, man. I think even think about reggae, man, reggae music. Yeah, it's it's funny how it seems like to me. Only my you know my point of view is like seeing it how it seems it's more acceptable, but most of reggae music, quote unquote, real reggae music, um, you know, is is preaching Rasta, you know. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's because of the whole drug, um, social <laughs> acceptance mm-hmm. kind of thing that gives them the, you can talk about jaw and love and all this stuff as long as it's okay to smoke weed. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know why it's, it seems, it feels like it's more acceptable in the mainstream, uh, markets. Yeah. than like you say, Hey, this is a Christian rock band called third day, you know? Right. It's, you know, it's, Oh, that's just Christian music, you know? Well, I look at it now. I think now it's gotten to be kind of just like a sub, a subculture of music, kind of like country or, right. you know, there's, there's the country stations, there's a Christian station, there's the mainstream station. And it's funny talking about this because really, I mean, I don't really listen to radio at all anymore. And we, right. we talk about air one and, 
Everyone is this big Christian, <clears throat> this big Christian uh, radio station. Man, uh, my my wife will have it on in the car. She likes it, and uh, I, I personally I cannot stand that station. <laughs> I cannot. I I can't. Uh, whenever the DJ starts talking, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I can't say. It just doesn't sound genuine to me. And I'm just like, just I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in in my perfect world, we would just have artists um, writing and getting their opinions out. And if you mm. gravitate to a certain opinion, you would gravitate to certain bands. And right. you know, and we'd just be get pursuing art and music. And because uh, I think a lot of people kind of miss out on a lot of really good music. You know, thankfully I was I had other avenues of discovering bands when I was younger. I didn't have just the the Christian music bubble. Um, just I mean, I, I I was a huge music fan, so I sought out just tons of stuff. And I would all you know, I'd, I would have friends make me little mixtapes and stuff like that, stuff that I couldn't get. <laughs> you right, know, little black market going on. Um, but uh, you know, I I. I it's weird having, it is weird having this subculture of, of of music that people think if I just listen to this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be on the right path, and I'm not gonna be corrupted, you know. And that's what a lot of parents at the time. And I really think like the culture has changed. Parents really like if I look at all my my friends right now and who are parents now, and we're really not like that with our kids mm-hmm. anymore. I really don't think the mainstream of Christian kids these days are really gonna have the uh, the limitations. I guess. And I think we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll come back and uh, finish up this conversation. After this, I wanted to uh, play uh, one more song. This band is one of my uh, one of my favorites. Once I started listening to actually uh, good Christian music that I actually really like, this band is called Stave Saker, and the song I'm going to play for you is off of their album Speakeasy, which is by far my favorite of their albums. And the song I'm going to play for you is Minute Man, and we'll uh, we'll continue talking to Joey right after the song.
I talk with my, my wife about this quite a bit. You know, how are we going to raise our kids with music? And I really want mm. them, I want them to be able to listen to music. I want them to appreciate the music. I want them to understand what is being said in the music because I do think that's important. And mm-hmm. as, as an adult now, I mean, I, I, I fought it when I was a kid and I got bitter and everything. But really, like the stuff you listen to does, you know, it does influence. And but I want the I want them to be. Uh, able to make their own choices and have a discussion with me about why they like a certain song. Um, I want them to, you know, be able to talk to me about it. You know, instead of telling them, "Oh, that's totally evil," and that person sings that one song, so you can't listen to the, any of their music at all. You know, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Right. And um, so, you know, I, I think I think music can be appreciated, and you can get out, you get things out of it that you need to, and. And I think music's a, a powerful thing, you know. I don't think it's something that can be discounted. And frankly, you know, um, with all the rules in place in, in the, the Nashville Christian scene, it's it's sometimes just, you know, mainstream secular stuff just sounds better, has a better sound. And that's why, you know, I get, maybe that's why uh, I was drawn to it more. But It's interesting what you say that, man, the sound, because I think you and I talked about this before. It doesn't matter what part of the country you are. You turn on a radio station and you come across a Christian radio station, you know it just by the sound. You know, you don't even need to know the music, you know, like if that artist, who that artist is, you just can by the sound of it. It's like, it's it's somehow it's, it's, it's full, it's mixed, like the the vocals are always in front of the music, (laughs) the vocals are never behind the music. There's always strings. They always end up doing strings. And, um, <laughs> and organ is used a lot. <laughs> you don't really notice yeah. it when you hear a Christian station. But organ is used, you know, quite, quite a bit. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm generalizing. I'm sure I am. Cause I don't really, I mean, like, I, like I said, I don't listen to it a lot these days. You know, I'm, I've kind of, I'm a little less jaded about Christian music now just because I don't listen to it as much. Yeah, I kind of just listen to bands and and everything like that. So well, that that kind of like I said, it brings me full circle about like the purpose of Christian music, you know. Um, and if it is purpose to reach people, like give the message of Christ out there, is it doing its justice for calling it Christian music? Right. You know. Um, you know, when I think about it, I always thought about Christian music. It's like when you label something Christian music. That's what it's for. It's for Christians. And if it's about, you know, about something they already know, all you're doing is basically giving them a, another church sermon, you know, that they've heard 20 million times, you know. And maybe yeah. they'll get something out of it. Like I feel like anyone can get out of any any song, but is it really is it really outreach music or is it just for Christians? You yeah. know, and that's always been the puzzling part of me is like how effective can it be if maybe if it didn't go under this umbrella of Christian music, if it was just like positive alternative like you know air one goes by their little monto you know um mantra so um yeah man i'm just curious what you think about that too you know the subculture of like what's the purpose of christian music since you especially you man like i've always looked at it for me i guess my point of view is that i i look at it just being a positive influence you Mm -hmm. know i wanted to always write music that would you know make make people think and make people uh, get a positive vibe from it and if it had about you know help them through a hard breakup you know a relationship and it didn't meet the jesus quota that's all right because you know what christian non-christian we all deal with love or um, hurt or loss i mean those are real feelings and i think you know music can speak in different ways than just giving a direct message of you know 
what Christ did, you know, back yeah. 2000 years ago, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I feel like it's always been, they've always hoped it, to use Christian music to kind of get people into one building and into a concert. And then they would try to, you know, like I said, but each band's different though. <laughs> right. Exactly. man. A lot, a lot of the mainstream ones, especially when I was going to concerts, I felt like we were, I felt like, I felt like we were kind of being uh, tricked, you know, like trying to trick my non-Christian friends to come into a concert and then, oh, they'd hear a message because some of these, a lot of these bands I went to, they would stop halfway through the set or three-fourths of the way into the set. They would, the, 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 the lead singer would give a little speech and try to do an altar call and, you know, um, and that would be it and that would be their good deed and they've, you know, it was just really odd to me that that was to be, you know, it was kind of like a little bait, you know, Right, uh, bait bring bring kids in, get them to say the prayer, and then the band's done their job. Uh, you know, a lot of bands like Newsboys and all these. You know, um, gosh, what? There's so many ma- these quote unquote mainstream Christian bands that I went and saw. They did that that kind of stuff. Right, but uh, but then you have the more like, like the tooth and nail bands, and they were more of just being a positive influence, but. But even now, I mean, I hear stories about Tooth and Nail, like you know, telling their guys, like, "Look, if you're on tour with a uh, with a secular band, cuss, swear, be one of them. Doesn't matter. Just right. you know, just sell CDs. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, s- stories I hear about um, about those bands kind of struggling with that, and uh, mm-hmm. um, certain members being kind of kicked out for the for not you know being as cool as the other guys and they were kind of there's one guy trying to walk straight and narrow and he kind of gets shoved out of the band and and everything like that and um you know so i hear about stuff like this all the time so it's it's really hard to put christian music into one into one um category, category. Kind of yeah yeah I, I agree with you man i honestly like on the positive note too i think there needs to be a, some kind of industry for this kind of message um, when it comes to religion, um, if you want to speak something about your belief system, you know, um, for for main reasons is because like if they could just go to a major label, say uh, as we call it, quote unquote secular label or something, um, it's been looked down upon for many years. Um, still is in a sense. Right now, it's kind of changing a little bit because people just want to sell records. <laughs> so they'll you know if a Christian band is selling records, a major label is going to. S- see how they can make money off that you know but back in the day if you know of a major label found out you were a christian band most of the time as you know there's fair uh, we don't really have a lot of a long list of major label bands that are also christian crossovers it's really right. small but most of them would look down upon it if they found out you're a christian just because uh they wanted nothing to do with it you know yeah they, they, they feel like it would get in the way of like drink sales at a you know at a club or whatever like that um, yeah and a lot of the major labels, you know, were owned are owned by you know Jewish people too. So um, if their ideology is not meeting up on that too, you know that that's definitely something they just don't want to be a part of it too. You know, um, it's it's come across through the years and stuff. You know, it's definitely interesting to see um, how Christian music. You know, to me, it's like it needs a place because, like, like you said, if people really want to have a message and have, want to speak a truth they believe in, I, I believe you can. You know, if we have the means to have a platform and create a platform, for people, I'm just wondering if it's doing itself a disservice by, you know, it's almost like, like any other thing, it starts getting a thing. Like you said, and everything, most Christian music 
sucks. That's what you said, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of people share that mindset. So when they hear the term Christian music, they automatically go, oh, that music sucks, even if they don't hear it. You know, right. it goes around like crazy. And just like we were talking with you were talking to your friend last week who's an atheist, you know, it's just like the word atheist. You know, like I remember, you know, I know a lot of people when they think about it, they think, oh, that guy worships Satan. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the whole I think uh, label, I think labels do more of a disservice. Right. Yeah. With with music, I think. Uh, but but see, but but. But someone like my wife, she kind of likes that. It's kind of a safe zone. She knows that she can listen. She likes Christian music, and she, and it to her, it benefits her, and she has it on the car, and she feels like she's lift, you know, she's lifted up, and she feels good while listening to it. So it's right. it's funny because there's there is certain people that do like it, and there's there is a, a market out there, you know, and, and yeah, that's why I'm for it. You know, you know I'm, I'm no matter what you believe or disagree or don't believe in i think there needs to be a place for you know because music is universal you know and if they can't get their music out one way and then build their own platform you know a christian music industry then so be it if muslims want to do that let them do it i mean if they feel like they can't get it out in other means you know in other avenues you know then it is what it is you know yeah yeah i yeah i i think yeah, I, you know, I, I think I just got so jaded with it. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's a personal thing, you know, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, well, you, I just, I, I guess I just didn't like the, I guess I had a, you know, here's the problem. I had a stigma with Christian music as being an all-encompassing safe thing, right? right? And that these Christian artists were held up on a pedestal of being, you know, close to God or really good people, you know? And when you are young and you look up to these people... And don't you don't realize that they're human too? And when <laughs> when they fall, it is a huge blow to a young person, a teenager. And it wasn't until I learned, I started, I I started being more realistic and learning and 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 knowing people and getting to know people as, as I was getting older, getting working with Christian bands. It's like, oh, you know what? We're all, you know, if you if you read, if you follow with the, you know, if you if you believe what the Bible says, it says we're all sinners, right? So. Why would we put these people on a pedestal? They're sinners too, <laughs> you know. So it baff- it baffles me, man. I think that's where it where it goes wrong, man. You know, it's 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 pointed at us as a culture and not mm-hmm. as a as a community that we can't put people on pedestal. You know, what I mean, it's like it doesn't make sense. They're gonna fail you, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It should be more. Let the music, let the message. That's what I was trying to say. Is there such thing as Christian music? If it's right. really more about the message, and if you can get some positive if you want to say christian is positive like you're saying a safe place does it matter it has a label on whoever it is who the people are actually writing about it if a song speaks to you in a positive way then isn't it doing you a good service yeah. and that's kind of where i'm at with it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know i think you know like you said christian music to me is for christians so there's a place that christians need to hear what they believe and i'm all for that you know i'm definitely not against it but if they're i've never coming from a person that's you know outside christian music never affected me as probably as much as someone that's grown up in a church all their life right and so i'm kind of giving that to people's like well if your purpose is to reach the people like me it's not working for me honestly yeah you know yeah i i like i like to hear a good song and if i can relate to the song and it means something to me and i like the music i'll dig it but if it's just you're trying to preach at me you know i i've always been kind of turned off by that i feel like you're speaking a language that i didn't understand you know yeah Cool, man. 
Well, I don't. I don't know if we got. I don't know if we got anywhere. I don't know if we solved any problems or <laughs> or, or put new insight on it. But I think. I think. Oh my. Well, it depends on what your goal is, man. I, I think it's more. I think for your audience, I think is the misconception of of what the what Christian music is and Christian industry. I think if you go into it, and this is my observation of being touring, and I've played in some of the biggest Christian bands of all time, and you know, going around and just people are people, man. They're yeah. going to have good days. They're going to have bad days. Um, they're going to fail, you know. Um, they're going to try to do their best, but they're not always going to succeed, you know. And I think as we all be forgiving to people that, you know, that we understand that we're not perfect. No one is going to be perfect. It doesn't matter what religion you are. You're going to fail. You're, you know, you're not going to agree. We're not going to agree. But if there's some way we can universally come together through music, I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a person if we can somehow meet in the middle of, you know, I think everyone can get behind hope, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we're, uh, we're ending, uh, we're getting close on, on time. I have to wrap it up here, but, uh, okay. uh, thanks for chatting, man. Um, yeah, it's but- kind of a free, a free thought. Like we're just kind of, you know, going off the cuff conversation which is awesome um there's like christian music and stuff like this like there's such a huge uh i know there's a friend of mine who's a worship leader i totally want to talk to him about music and how uh worship music affects him and and everything like that so music's a huge part of our life and uh you know i mean i guess i need to put i i I need to put a kind of aside my my jadedness to (laughs) christian music because as i do see that there is a positive uh side to it and um, you know, every, but but you need to kind of be realistic, I guess. Is why my, my point is just be realistic, right. and yeah, it's a business, and yeah, it's going to market to people, and uh, oh, and, and, man. I, and I, the whole thing with my kids, I don't want them to have a false pretense on this this pers- the certain singer that they're listening to, because uh, that person's going to fail, and you see it with pastors, you see it with everyone when right. you put someone on a pedestal. Um, and they fail, it's a huge blow. And I've seen that personally for a long time. Well, you and, I, you and I talked about that, man. It's like, it doesn't matter what label it is. If you're not selling records, you're not making money, more than likely that label's going to drop you before they even say yeah. the name Jesus. So <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, man. You got to understand, you got to separate it. It is business and it, it is a, a weird fine line to walk, but you know, everyone needs to pay their bills. So. Yeah. Right on. All right, man. Uh, thanks for chatting with me. Uh, yeah, bud. My, my guest is Joey Avalos. I didn't say that enough. And, and uh, Joey, you, you're in a band called Stars Go Dim. Yep. So people should check out your guys' stuff. Where can Thank they, you. Where can they find your the, the music? Um, Facebook, Stars Go Dim. I say Google it, and you'll find it. Google Stars <laughs> Go Dim. All right, man. Um and you can find me, of course, uh, on, on Twitter, the uh, AXPX, uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AXPX. You can Google the Armchair Philosopher now. It's in Google. Wow. Pretty, there you pretty, go. Pretty good about that. And uh, also from the website, you can email. I would love to, I, I want to try to start, once more people start listening to the show, I would love to have more conversation and, and actually read like emails and stuff like that. So you can email me from the website. It's the AXPX.com. There's a contact button there. Just send me an email. Find me on Facebook and on facebook.com slash the AXPX. Send a message my way or, you know, start commenting on all the crazy uh, stories that I post that <laughs> both uh, make people happy and piss people off. 
So I'm all all encompassing, I guess. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, all right, and uh, next week I have no idea who I'm talking to, so uh, just keep checking on the Facebook, and I'll let you guys know who I'm uh, talking to next. I'm hoping to talk to a pastor who has a really cool kind of backstory. I want to call that episode Finding Faith, since I had an episode called, Lo- called Losing Faith. I want to try and balance it out with an episode called Finding Faith, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, again, thanks to Joey, and all you guys have a great week. Talk to you next week. Bye.